there's no denying the fact that you look to the left, you look to the right, everything is uh, going up in price. Uh, we're seeing so many issues and factors that uh, contribute to a recession. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of While We Were Working. It's the show that is dedicated to helping you manage tough HR topics in your small business. As always, I'm Joy Price and I am uh, alongside Summer Keytron, who is our co-host, as well as our consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart. And today we're going to cover two important topics that you need to be aware of. The first one is we're going to talk about a recent Inc.com article that shares some tips on making your business recession-proof. And then last but certainly not least, we're going to get into the workplace culture side of things and talk about stay interviews and how they mm-hmm. may be a game changer for you creating a winning culture in your organization. Summer, how you doing? Let's get into it. Hey, Joey. It's great. I'm really excited about these topics. I know I say that every week when I read these articles and, you know, just really get excited and think about, gosh, what, what should our listeners and our viewers be paying attention to? These two really got me pumped up. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's start with this uh, article from Inc.com. And the author of this one is uh, Allie Donaldson, a staff reporter at Inc. And the headline is Seven Tips to Recession-Proof Your Business from Leaders Who Have Been There. And uh, they didn't ask me for my my quote. Uh, I started this at the end of last uh, our last major recession. Um, so maybe I didn't qualify. But... There's no denying the fact that you look to the left, you look to the right, everything is uh, going up in price. Uh, We're seeing so many issues and factors that uh, contribute to a recession. And um, it's it's interesting to have historical context about like recessions and what caused them and how long they were and what happens when you're in there. Um, But it's another when you're kind of inching your way into one. And so who knows if we we will hit that or not, but the important thing is uh, to find wisdom of how to prepare. And so I think this is what this article's aim is uh, to do, is to help us all prepare from a small business standpoint. So Summer, were there any that stood out to you that you want to chat about or uh, any context you want to give? I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, for any business that's been through, you know, kind of the ups and downs of the pandemic, you know, I think there's a different type of awareness of needing to be prepared for the unexpected. And when I read this article, that was really the biggest takeaway is that, you know, you 
no longer can can be unprepared. And some of the uh, some of the notables from this article are first that nearly all jobs that were lost in the pandemic have been recovered. But the forecasters of the economy and, you know, their um, kind of confidence level, which is a measure of what direction we think we're going in, that confidence level of the forecasters was um, anticipating a downturn in the next year. It was only 28% in April, but now that confidence level is 44% at present day that there's an expected downturn. So a real drastic change in not a great direction, but I think just for the reason we need to be paying attention to these tips and thinking about how do they apply to my business if I'm a small business owner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thinking about, you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about some, some of the tips and uh, probably share some stories around them, but even just a quick inventory of, Am I in a market that is uh, recession proof? And if not, what are some unique things that I need to do to to pivot? I think, um, you know, like food delivery apps were kind of a, a, a blessing for brick and mortar restaurants during COVID because it helped keep workers working and it helped keep food going to uh, to patrons. Um, And I think the article even said, you know, like use COVID as a case study, but put on your um, your innovation hat if you believe that your business industry is not um, is not recession proof. You said it perfect, because actually number seven on this list, one of the tips is to stay entrepreneurial. So it's that idea of continuing to find new ways to provide value um, despite the present day environment. So, um, you know, I like to say, like, just don't get stale in this environment and an expected downturn. I think that needs to be like right front and center. Yeah. And and to that point, listen to the voices in, in the room. Um, you know, it is likely that people who are servicing your customers directly have really great ideas. And so just because they may not fall highest in your hierarchy, so to speak, doesn't mean that uh, their ideas won't help you weather this storm. So I think be open and listen to your team. Another one that I like is, uh, which is an ironic one, um, don't rush layoffs. Uh, Staffing back up will not be easy. That's Usually what people think is the best way to get out of financial circumstances, but the truth is you need manpower, woman power to drive results in your business. And so okay. if you if you aim to be lean, um, I will say this, uh, if you aim to be lean, find a outsourcing agency or consultants that can help you um, carry the load because your team is less effective when they have to lose people and still perform. Um, so, so yeah, don't rush layoffs. That, that's a big one. I think that's a bigger one than I initially, uh, initially thought of. I mean, it is 
you know, I, I think part of it is uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. But when you think about the impact of those that are left behind to do the work and especially just last week on an episode, we were talking about, you know, creating great work environments and how that's so important. It has a real negative effect uh, in that regard. So I think that's a great one. And one of the tips that really stood out to me, um, not just now as you know, we're looking at strategies to recession proof your business, but I felt like it was just a great tip in general at any point in time was using the pandemic as a case study and prioritizing profitability over growth, right? So I feel like companies are so fast to grow and that that's one measure of success. But I think taking a look at the actual numbers like the P&L and making decisions that way, as opposed to just growing and growing, um, that's a great tip uh, for any economic condition. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the metrics I, I keep in my head is our, uh, and I get it from a mentor from years ago, is uh, revenue per employee. So if you just take the cross sample of all of your employees and say, what is the average revenue per individual on your team? And you want to find ways to increase that um, because growth is great, but ultimately you have to feed the beast. <laughs> and when you grow to a level where projects are declining or, or, or aren't trickling in as, as much as they used to or clients have to scale back, you still have to maintain uh, the systems and people that you are operating with. And so um, I like that idea of, of seeking profitability, um, prioritizing profitability over growth. It's an under underutilized principle that I think um, people should people should think about. Let's chat just real briefly about um, maintaining perspective. So it's really easy in these you know in these trying economic environments to make decisions quickly and maybe even sometimes lose focus on you know that long term plan. How would you say keeping your focus on like the long-term goal has helped you weather those storms? It's helped a lot because when I think about our business, I well, I also go back to a, a mentor who said that you should be thinking in decades. And so realizing that there are good economic cycles, bad economic cycles. But if you believe in your business, you should be thinking in decades as opposed to days, weeks, months, or even years. And I truly believe that uh, we meet we meet a need that a lot of companies have. We are a team that a lot of people would love to join. And we're doing our work and services for the right reason. And so with those keys in mind, I I feel like there's always a reason to be excited and there's always a reason to look forward and not think about bad times or anything like that. I remember the the first time we ever lost like a sustaining client. This was years ago. 
and I thought that the world was going to end. But you know what happens? You you go out and you win more business and you continue to grow. And so um, you just have to always be thinking about how do you keep um, maintaining relevancy? How do you continue to inspire your team? And, and in order to inspire a team, you have to be inspired first. So uh, finding new ways to be inspired, even if it's to do the same thing, but finding new reasons to want to do the same thing, which is take care of uh, HR for small businesses and startups all across the U.S. And um, I think as a person of faith, I just also have that confidence as well. But ultimately, it boils down to, you know, taking advantage of that big picture of knowing like, hey, if you believe that this is a good product fit, there's a good market fit, you're supposed to succeed as long as you do your part. Um, have the right team members in place, put them in the position to win, and uh, just continue to find little things that could distract you from your goal and get rid of those things. I think that's really great advice. And so I hope that our listeners took away at least a few tips. But if you want to see all of them, again, it was by um, Inc. It's seven tips recession-proof your business from leaders who have been there. And Joey, uh, I know you've been there. So thanks for sharing your tips as well. Uh, Maybe next, uh, you know, next article, they'll call you up and ask you, ask you for a few quotes yeah hope so hope so um all right cool now we'll go into consultants corner consultants corner is our weekly deep dive into the topics that we're seeing in our consulting spaces as well as uh questions from our listeners and so if you have a question that you would like to uh hear us answer on the program Go ahead and send us an email at hello at jumpstart-hr.com, and we'll be more than happy to cover it on an upcoming episode. Last week, we dived into a benefits topic. This week, we're diving into a workplace culture topic. And so the question came in from a client. Uh, They said, I heard the term stay interview a few times, and I'm curious, what is it? So, Summer... In two words or less, I'm not going to do that to you. (laughs) But Summer, what is a stay interview and why are they important? A stay interview is similar to an exit interview, but the purpose is having the conversations prior to your team members saying they're leaving. It's important to have the interview. It's also important to do something with it. It's to draw out the things that are working well and the things that are causing friction uh, for that person and possibly your organization at at large and tweak those things so that a stay interview doesn't become an exit interview. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we got this question because sometimes when uh, you're in a role such as mine um, and you work on these things so frequently, Sometimes I miss items like this that I don't realize that all small businesses are familiar with, you know, some of these practices that are pretty common to us. And so I wanted to talk about it just to make it widely known um, for those that 
you know, maybe thinking about ways that they can improve their retention and their workplace culture. This is a really easy um, and uh, really, really easy activity that you could do. But one of the most important things is that if you do it, you must be committed to do something with the information that's obtained from them. So it makes me think about sort of survey that a company may do as well. Right, Joey? And I always say, if you're going to ask um, questions on a survey, like employee satisfaction survey or anything similar, you better be prepared to have a plan of action and to do something with it. Because once you ask those questions, employees are going to expect something. They're absolutely right. And they don't have a short memory about this. Um, we, there is a long memory because people are, they remember, I'll give you an example. Um, we didn't win the business, but we were somewhere and uh, was given a proposal. And uh, I had mentioned something about like people wanting to work somewhere where the coffee machine works. And the people we were talking to said, yeah, we don't even have, we don't have a coffee machine. And so I was like, oh, that sucks because in your culture, you want to provide things for people. And, and I'm sure at some point it's been recommended that they have coffee or something. Um, so I know that was like a very like rabbit hole tangent response, but go with me here. So um, what I'm saying is when people say that they are looking for a fix, they don't forget that they've asked you for that fix. And so you want to make sure that you're doing what you can to, if you can't fix it, at the very least, address it. And that's my biggest frustration with exit interviews as a whole is that I feel like sometimes companies do them because they they feel like they need to, like to kind of check the box, right? That employees are expecting them uh, to ask for their opinions about why they leave, why they're leaving, and companies sometimes do them in an effort to like show that they care, but then they receive feedback about potential issues or areas that need improvement, and then really don't have a like a clear plan on how to address them. So I know we're really not talking about exit interviews specifically, but I mention it because there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from them when we talk about state interviews. And when I think about you know how to uh, administer state interviews, there's so many different ways that it could be done, whether it's a small organization and everybody can uh, you know everybody can participate or if there's a strategic approach to perhaps surveying a couple of uh, the most recent hires and then maybe some of your um, longest tenured team members, right? So you're kind of, you're, you're getting different perspectives, but I would recommend asking are things like what, you know, what makes you stay at this company? Like what are some of the things that you value the most? And then also asking questions like, you know, what would make you leave? And taking close note to what's important to these team members are going to help design what you may be offering that's no longer valued or what you're not offering that is valued. And again, the idea is creating a plan, a path forward with like how to tackle these items before they actually do leave 
And <clears throat> other questions, Joey, I'm sure you have a ton, but I like to ask if you, if there's one thing that you could change or if there's something that you could change about your job that would make your day, make your job like tremendously easier, what would that be? And when I hear that from any team member, I'm listening really carefully because you better believe that if it's in my reach to make that change, you better believe I'm going to do whatever I can to make it happen. Sometimes they're basically telling you, a recruiter's in my inbox and uh, <laughs> they're telling me that they could do this thing for me. No, I'm kidding, uh, but I'm not. So you, you, it, it's really it's really a matter of um, a, a state interview essentially is a trust-building exercise. It is a, it's a trust-gauging exercise because you're going to see how forthcoming someone is on your team. But it's a trust-building exercise because after the interview is over, you've got work to do to, to put things in motion that reflect to the employee, hey, what I disclosed was important enough to be considered, and my opinion matters. Um, I'm not bragging, it's more, it's more a case study, but you know, I had a conversation with one of our team members two weeks ago, and we were telling them about, you know, some changes that were happening and um, how they were doing. And one of the things they said was like, thank you, because I see that we're doing things that um, some of them were easier to fix than others, but we're doing things that I thought are recommended or suggested. And uh, so that is that is um, incredibly, incredibly rewarding as a as a leader to to hear yes and and to build on that again uh similar to what you said like not really trying to brag but i think that one of the advantages that we have within our jumpstart team is that working with quite a few other small businesses we get to see many different ways on how their businesses are run and how their culture is built and because we have that unique view we kind of get to uh, be inspired and um, kind of utilize the best of the best ideas and um, make them special and jumpstart. And I think uh, on this topic, one of the biggest culture building leaders, not necessarily making decisions at the top and rolling them down. It's all in line with these state interviews, right? It's making sure that companies are meeting their team member needs. And I feel like as a small business, you have those unique opportunities to gain the feedback of your team on you know, what, what, what benefits are most important to them or you know, what would improve their work satisfaction. And then, as you said, like actually, actually doing it. And when they see that you're listening and that you care, it has a much greater impact than to say, hey, uh, we're rolling out this new plan, rolling out this new benefit. And um, I think I think that really goes a long way. And I know there's so much more that we could talk about on this topic, but if you're a small business owner or people leader and you're interested in uh, perhaps uh, revisiting your exit interview strategy 
or conducting state interviews. Uh, we would love to chat with you and be a part of that. This concludes our episode and make sure you tune in live every Tuesday on LinkedIn for our fresh episodes. And of course, as always, take the show wherever you download your other favorite podcasts. And with that, uh, I think we're going to see you next week. Joey, have anything to add before we go? Nope. See you next week. All right. See everyone. For more HR strategies that will take your company to the next level, visit whilewewereworking.com.